You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Hello and welcome to episode 47 of the Managemental Podcast, a weekly discussion on hot topics in the music biz for the up-and-comers, the brand newbies, the beginners, and aspiring rock stars of tomorrow. This podcast is propelled by your input and feedback, so please rate and review and leave us a comment on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. I am your host, Mr. Blasco, and as always, I am joined by my good friend, the co-host from the other coast, Mr. Mike Mowry. Yo, 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 what's happening, Blasco? I got the snow falling outside my window as we record this, and it's got me thinking about Christmas shopping. Here we are, baby, December 9th. How early do you typically do holiday shopping? I'll leave it non-denominational for us. You know, do you holiday shop? And if so, when do you actually do it? I'm a, I'm a pretty uh, reliable procrastinator. <laughs> um, so I will wait till the very last minute to pull all that together. And, you know, because it seems like that the years just go by quicker you know, like every year I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm going to bang out all my shopping stuff in like November. Like I, I set it in my mind. That's what's going to happen. And like here we are like mid-December and I haven't done anything. <laughs> I mean, dude, I'm right there with you. It's amazing. I was listening to uh, a podcast and they were talking about like the limited toys or, you know, the, the like most coveted like, you know, presents for toys. And they were, it was interesting. They were talking about a company who much like people are trying to do in the ticket market, right? In the you know, concert ticket, event ticket marketing is they're trying to figure out a way to reduce the whatever the secondary market, which is if I go in and buy 50 tickets for something with a bot and then I, you know, double the value and, and charge people. The, the challenge there is, you know, the only person making money off of that is me and my company, not, you know, the venue, not the artist or, you know, whatever it is. And so they're saying the same thing is happening in the toy market, actually got people that are out there going and you know i don't know i can't remember what the go-to toy is this year something like a fingerling or something but there's people that are reselling these things for you know 50 to 100 times the value so that in and of itself is a reason that people should be shopping and getting their shopping done and i've got another reason for them and it's because our show is sponsored by rockabilia.com and yes this is a beautiful segue into one of our advertisements and man we set this thing up pretty good but rockabilia is pretty amazing you know i run jabberjaw media i'm the one that actually worked with them to get this deal done and i have to say why i'm so excited that the network is sponsored and we are sponsored by this company is they care about the artists and they care about the artists not only in the bands but they also care about us as podcast hosts. They understand that our relevance, our importance, our survival is what allows them to hawk t-shirts. And holy crap, do they got a lot of t-shirts. 
they got like 500,000 items, you know, which I haven't even begun to explore. I do know that they've got Cryptic Slaughter stuff in there, and I'm not sure if you thought about giving Cryptic Slaughter stuff uh, to, to your loved ones for, for the holidays or not, have you? I'm sure, I'm sure they would be stoked. <laughs> <laughs> well, the nice thing is, if you did decide to do that, there finally is a place that you know you can go get it. And I think they've got a ton of those items, which is just kind of cool and a testament. And one of the nice things about Rockabilia is, you know, you can go on there and find something for yourself. You can find something for your significant other, your family members who might not be into the same sort of obscure genres that we're in. There's stuff for everyone out there. And that's what I find so cool about it. I mean, I wish when I was 14 years old and I was trying to get stuff from Discord or Revolution Records, you know, that Rockabilia existed because I could have just said, Mom, actually, I guess they did exist in 1987 because that's how long the company's been around. But I didn't know about it. And I don't think they were doing this kind of mail order, but I could have said, Mom, hey, head on over there and give me the chain of strength t-shirt that I'm coveting, and at the same time, why don't you pick yourself up a Rolling Stone shirt, or whatever my mom was listening to. Probably um, a little bit more Fleetwood Mac than Rolling Stone. But, the other beautiful thing is all of their stuff is officially licensed. You know, there's a ton of stuff, if you're scrolling through your Facebook feed, there's all these counterfeit shirts that are popping up. You order it, you get it, it's coming from China, it doesn't fit well. Like, Rockabilia is really looking out for the artists, so best thing about all of this is we have a code for our listeners it is pc and then managemental that gets you 15 percent off of your entire purchase over at rockabilia.com yeah pc the letter p and the letter c easy way to remember that is peter chris managemental absolutely so head on over there you know do us a favor it really does help our show and of course the network you know, we haven't tried to monetize this thing. Who knows if we will in the future. We think we're providing a great value. The bottom line is we do love doing it. And this is a cool way for you guys to be able to go. You're going to shop anyway, right? And if you have, you know, I'm not going to tell you to take away from your coveted places that you go. If you want a Carnifex shirt and you go to Indie Merch and that's where you're buying, don't worry about that. But the thing I like about Rockabilia is you can go and get stuff across the board. You can get it for your family. There's tons and tons of items. And in fact, I would love, I would really, really, really love to hear what people, you know, I think you guys would be great if you could tell us what you're buying on there. I'd just love to know if you went there and you discovered something that you didn't even know existed, you know, like the first time you went over there and Blasco and put in Cryptic Slaughter. It's like, you didn't even know that they had the stuff. But we got business to talk about. Oh, we've got a fantastic episode. Like you said, 47, here we are. And um, what's the topic that we're covering today, my man? Well, um, this week uh, we're going to give people some pointers on avoiding predatory music business scams. And we have to give a special uh, shout out to David who uh, edits the show for us. He found the uh, original thread on Reddit and uh, sent it over to me. So big shout out to him. But this is gonna be killer. So let's get mental. So Mike, uh, several months ago, a playlist plugging service offered popular independent musician, our buddy, Ari Herstand, $500 
for 50,000 to 100,000 plays on Spotify. Another offered him a four-month plug-in campaign for $5,000. A third offered him 50,000 streams for just $150. Ari chose that one. Ari's songs were quickly added to a popular user-generated playlist on Spotify. It had around 50,000 followers. It didn't take long for the streaming music platform giant, Spotify itself, to notice. The company quickly took down Ari's 2014 album, Brave Enough. Through his distributor, he found out that the playlist plugging service, which is called Streamify, had likely used click farms to generate plays. So look, a quick side note, Ari gave us a shout out. Recently, this is a this is a real thing that happened. I originally heard about it on um, Digital Music News. He uh, he thought that he was. I, I don't think that Ari would intend to do something, uh, you know, illegal or you, you know what I mean. Like he's a straight up dude, and and like he's in the he's in the business. He's in the same business we are, like music education. And the the long and the short of it is is. He, he thought that he was going to be helping out his record, get some visibility. And what ended up happening is Spotify removed his album from Spotify. You know, uh, I think if somebody came around offering some of these services to us, maybe we would also have tried them, depending on what we're trying to do with, with each artist. As we've talked about on plenty of episodes, I mean, Spotify is the place that people are paying attention to how many streams tracks are getting. Um, and you know, there is the idea that once you start to get plays and streams, then, you know, Spotify notices, hopefully in the opposite way (laughs) and starts to get your music into, you know, some of their official playlists. Um, and in fact, I'll list this in the show notes, but the CD baby podcast, the most recent episode, um, episode 200 has a really interesting part at about the 13th minute. Uh, of exactly how Spotify, you know, what their sort of, I guess, philosophy is and and how they implement so tracks are getting um, into their official playlists. So I'll link that in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, While a lot of labels, promoters and such are genuinely enthusiastic uh, and out there to help acts reach a higher level like us, Sadly, there are also a fair amount out there who exploit aspiring and even experienced musicians. So here are a few red flags for everyone to pay attention to. Number one, a company offering unrealistic opportunities for your level. And here it is. If it sounds too good to be true then it probably is. Yeah, it's like the corollary to you get what you pay for. You know, it's like, uh, you know, if we go in and try to get something for free, oftentimes we're left a little bit disappointed. That said, if you're getting something that you're paying for, but the value just sounds too good to be true, then it absolutely is. And it sounds like this was the case. I mean, nothing really else to say on that one. No, I mean, look, it's it's a rule and, and you got, I mean... I understand the musician mentality of it's like everything is always a rush and there's such an immediacy. And I think that that's kind of potentially what Ari fell into, unfortunately. And look, the the repercussions of what happened to him is that his album got removed from Spotify. And that's not that's not something that any of us are kind of really willing to uh, to do. So, you know, don't do the 
the crime if you can't do the time, right? <laughs> uh, exactly. Uh, number two, a company that is promising success despite no evidence of a track record. Obviously, most new or independent companies are unlikely to have huge artists on their roster, which isn't a problem at all. You could be their first successful act for all you know. But if they're bragging about a track record and nothing to back it up apart from their word, then that's a different story entirely. Yeah, I mean, I think that's something that you and I would absolutely, you know, hedge our bets on. And, and in fact, our careers are ones that are based on doing the work. You know, it's it's that's why we can understand and relate to this and hopefully can convey to all of you listeners out there. It's so easy to talk a good game and it's even easy to have a good strategy and be excited and have resources. And I'm not even saying this in direct regard to scam artists. I'm just saying across the board, there's always the fresh new thing, whether it's the fresh new record label, the fresh new management company, the fresh new merch company. And look, there's always room for people to come in and innovate but ideas are only ideas and implementation over the long term is really what stands the test of time. And, you know, again, especially when it comes to these sort of scams, this is as easy as it gets. If, if they have not been able to demonstrate that they can do this, you know, perfect example. We don't know how much Ari, you know, went and researched, but he should have been able to say, what other tracks have you worked with? What other albums have you worked with? And where did you start? And where did you end up? And, you know, sounds like he would have found out that the, the ones that started and ended up in someplace high got yanked from Spotify and therefore wouldn't have gone in and done the deal anyways. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with everything that you're saying. It's just like, look, you just got to be you just got to be careful. You got to do your research. You know, don't get sucked into something that uh, sounds better than it is. You know, number three. A company that is demanding money up front. While, of course, all businesses need to make a profit to survive, the problem with management, promoters, labels that charge up front fees is that they make a guaranteed consistent profit directly from the band's pockets, regardless of the amount of effort they put in or the amount the acts earn. Whereas if you sign to one that works on a percentage commission basis, then it'll be a more equal effort to generate a profit for all involved. Never hand over money to a promoter in order to play a gig. Yeah, I mean, again, I think, you know, with any of these part of it, I mean, this is sound advice across the board. You know, sometimes it can be a bit of a challenge to figure out how to charge for things. In fact, on my coaching platform, I had a meeting this morning and we're talking about implementing something next year. And I was talking about, okay, you know, is there a way that we can charge up front and maybe give a significant discount in order for people to do that? And part of the reason was it's a little bit challenging for us with the systems that we have to be able to get your credit card on file and charge monthly. Again, though, I think we've got, you know, the track record and we're not going to run with your money. But you know, I, I mean, I don't know. This is a tough one in regards to some of these services. It's like, I do understand that, yeah, I mean, you got to be able, you have to give something up. I don't know if it's half, you know, like we do with a producer for many of you out there who don't know, you know, oftentimes when, when Blasco and I are working with artists, you know, on record labels or management, we hire a producer, we pay them half up front and then half upon delivery. Part of that is they need the money to get started. They might have to, you know, hire somebody themselves or, 
you know, whatever their overhead is. So we want to give them half, but we need to have something hanging over their heads to encourage them to deliver things in a timely fashion. You know, I went through something, <laughs> going through something now where I've been waiting on mixes for months because we accidentally, and I won't get into too many of the details, but we paid somebody in full up front and they've got no reason to now, you know, now they've just been frankly being really lame and, and, and delaying because there's no incentive for them to finish. So I don't know. I, this is a, this is a balancing one. I think it's easy, you know, in 2020 as high it, in hindsight, it's easy to say, well, you know, I, I wouldn't have paid these people up front, but it sounds like it was a pretty low amount of money, 150 bucks. So I got to say, if somebody offered me 50,000 streams for 150 bucks and said, PayPal it over, I just PayPal it over. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, a lot of this is a case by case basis. And I, you know, I can't say enough to, you know, please do your research, but it, it's, it's what's commonplace for either the service or the product, right? In terms of management, right? You and I are, are managers traditionally in most 99.9% .9 of the cases, managers, it's a percentage based service, right? We're not selling a product. We are a partnership based on a service. And if a manager is coming at uh, an unsigned band and looking to get, and I see this all the time, man. Like I, I recently had a, had a sit down with, with a guy that, that got roped into some like management producer, booking agent kind of scam ring or whatever, where you know, and, and the guy, like, you know, he doesn't know any better. Like he runs a successful business and, you know, he's got, he's got some money or whatever. And, and they probably, you know, it was predatory. Like they probably, you know, saw that out in him and they were charging him like a monthly retainer. And they're, they're not even like legit dudes. Like, you know what I mean? Like they yeah. weren't even like doing anything because it's like, like, it's it just like, so you just got to be careful, man. You got to avoid it. Like if a, if a man, from a managerial standpoint, it is a commission based service. And if a manager comes at you and wants to charge you a monthly retainer, that, that is a huge red flag. You know, you, you have to, you have to do your research. Like what, like wh what are you getting from that? If in fact, that's something that you want to do, you really got to be careful. You know? Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I mean, I think, you know, what is so interesting is moving into 2018, the business is changing and this is not a podcast about the structure of management, although I have many, many, many opinions uh, on that. I will say you've mentioned it a few times already. It's really in any situation, do your homework. If somebody requires you to pay up front, no matter what the thing is, and they've got a track record, you know, you see how these are all adding up. If 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 Mike Mowry and Blasco came to you and said, hey, look, we're going to do X for you, but we need you to pay us up front, chances are we're not going to freaking run away with your money and never talk to you again or get you kicked off of whatever platform. There's a reason that we might be asking for the money up front. But if you didn't know who Mike Mowry and Blasco were, then you should absolutely do your research. You should ask other people if they've participated in things that Mike Mowry and Blasco have done. Are these guys stand-up individuals? Are they people that their word can be taken at face value? And that's hard. You know, I mean, doing homework is hard. That's why we hated it when we were in school. But, you know, anytime you're about to watch dollars or, you know, ones and zeros get transferred across, um, you know, a computer or phone network amounts to less money in your pocket, be sure that you are not just pissing it away. Yeah, and look, for whatever it's worth, just going to throw this out there. This is 
I'd like to think that this is partially the reason that we're here and who who we're talking to, right? So if there's someone approaches you and you're a little skeptical or whatever, askblasco at gmail.com. That's why we're here. Please hit us up. Please ask us what we think. If maybe if we uh, have know the service, uh, you know what I mean? Like, well, we're here to help. So just throwing that out there. Number four, a company pitching themselves with a generic untargeted email. Does it look like a copy and paste job? Most of the time, these scammers send identical emails in mass to as many artists as possible, regardless of the genre, fan base size, how established they are, etc. And although the email may seem flattering, chances are they haven't even listened to your music. Yeah, I mean, not really much to expand on here. It falls in line with all of the other things we're saying. I mean, this is just... You know, sadly, the people who are willing to scam you, who don't have a proven track record, who do demand money up front, they also haven't spent any time thinking about, you know, how they're going to target people with a differentiated email. So any one of these is red flags. And so if you do get one of these emails, immediately start to think, okay, I need to do a little bit of extra homework on these guys. Yeah. And, and look, even more so, and, you know, an email is at least a little bit more of an extra effort. But if you get like a Facebook message or an Instagram DM, even more so, you know what I mean? Be, use your gut instinct on this. And if it feels if it feels insincere and it feels very cold or whatever, you got to like got to do some research. But I'm going to expound on this just a minute. Uh, a side note for people listening it's not not a scam, but just as a as a rule, I get emails all the time, and, and that that are cut and paste from bands. Like looking, you know, looking at like our um, from a managerial side, like, hey, we're interested in your management company, and it's like, and it's a and it's a copy and paste email that comes to me or comes to Mike, and it's like we're not we know though we we know what that is, you know, we know what it looks like. We know that it, it, it smells funny, man, and, and we're going to be deleting those. And it's like put a little extra effort, find out who you're emailing. If it's, you know, if it's someone in the business and there's something you know, that you want, a, some kind of service, it's like put a little extra effort in to finding out who the person's name is, who exactly that you're emailing, who you're reaching out to, what exactly their, their service is and how you, how you feel that you could grow a, relation, you know, a business relationship there. So that's just a side note. But this made me well remember. put. No, absolutely. Uh, number five, a company claiming to be linked to big names in the industry with no evidence. The majority of companies that leave bands out of pocket often mislead them into handing over money by lying about connections with industry moguls or name dropping common influences of aspiring bands to lure them in. Is there actually any proof that they've affiliated with said big names apart from their word? Dude, my favorite when it comes to this was a few years ago when Australia was really like a pretty thriving market and a lot of bands were going over there. There was tons of like smaller scale promoters who would pop up. And of course, within the genres that we specialize in, I knew the two or three, you know, legit promoters. And you'd always get somebody that would indicate that they had a connection with a big band. And so immediately I'd go to the person who I knew had brought the band down to Australia on their tour because the way it works down there typically is one promoter, you know, brings the band down and 
books all their shows. But what they do is they sub out to a local promoter. You might have somebody who runs a venue, um, you name it. And so these these people that had run a venue and had brought a bunch of big name bands through, then try to get you to come and do something direct with them. And they're citing the references to I've worked with, you know, a day to remember, or I've worked with Black Veil Brides, or I've worked with whoever it is. <laughs> Turns out they were just the local booker, the local <laughs> promoter. You know, and I get that they were trying to associate that they had done some stuff with bigger names, but it was like, I was like, come on, man, you aren't the person that brought them down. So you should indicate that you have put on shows for them. You shouldn't indicate that you have, you know, quote unquote, worked with them, which is what many of these people were doing. So that's a perfectly good example of the type of stuff where, yeah, I mean, look, I went to see Run DMC the other day at my wife's holiday party, or at least I saw Run. I got a selfie with him. Doesn't mean that I've worked with Run DMC, you know? Like, I can't <laughs> right. all of a sudden start claiming. I've even got a photo to indicate that it looks like I may have done some work with the guy. Yeah, this is, this is one that I see uh, the most common. Um, just falsifying exactly their legitimacy by lying about who they've worked with on some capacity and you know and, and two it's like you gotta i mean i hate to keep harping on it but you gotta do your research ask some questions because it may not even be that someone's lying so much as they're just like expanding the truth it's like yeah i mean if you're one of 12 writers that wrote a you know a beyonce song and then you can claim that you're you wrote songs with Beyonce, but as a selling point of like, oh yes, I've I've co-written with Beyonce. As a blanket statement, that's not a lie, right? But then whenever you look under the hood and you go, oh, but you were one of 12 people that wrote that, that song that wasn't even the single. And you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it, it's like, you gotta like, you gotta do your research or whatever. Just cause someone says that they've done something, maybe they have, but it may not be the capacity that, it sounds like it's being advertised as. Well, and I can imagine how easy it works on people who just don't know. You know, the challenge is, you know, if you've got two people in a local scene and one of them, you know, has done something with someone like the incidents that we've just described, yeah, why wouldn't you believe that? The difference is people like you and me who actually work with people. We know what it's like to be associated with someone versus having worked with them. And that's just a huge difference. And frankly, that is the absolute simplest way to determine a complete amateur from anyone who's got real professional aspirations. It's, you know, I get it. You want to seem larger than life. You want to put yourself out there. But I know for a fact, Blasco, that you've done exactly what I've tried to do in my career. You have let your work and who you've worked with speak for itself. And you haven't gone out to try to say that you're fucking more to Ozzy Osbourne than what you are, right? You're not dangling his name. You're not saying you manage him. You're not doing anything out of line. You've got a magnificent association with the man by being in his fucking band, but you know, you also understand that that is not something that you can go and just, you know, spread to the world in the hopes that you'll get something, you know, more. You'll get some large client that thinks you've got a different access to Ozzy than you do, right? Exactly, exactly. Number six, a company with little to no positive reviews. Even five minutes worth of Googling can give you an impression of whether something's a scam or not. 
Many of these shysters are inevitably rife with negative reviews all over the web, and most of the time, the only positive ones are written by people who either obviously work for said company or they're blatantly fake accounts. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know if I've spent much time, you know, if we're talking about the music biz, looking at reviews per se. I don't know if there's like a Yelp or something in regards to that. Obviously, I'm sure Google's got, you know, some sort of ranking system or commentary system. But one of the asides that this made me think of is, you know, when people spin off and start a management company, you know, and, and look, I don't think it really matters. Some of my dearest friends in the business who are fantastic at work, who come from another era and don't really give two shits about the web, they've got literally just their name at Gmail and that's what they use, right? And these people have got track records. You know, Monty Connor comes to mind. Monty Connor uses a Gmail account, but if you don't know who Monty Connor is, he's one of the most badass A&R dudes that's ever existed in metal. Such a genuine guy. He gets a pass. But there's a lot of people that are more my age, your age, and even younger that come up with, you know, they've got some cool dough name as a management site or a record label or a booking agency. And then, you know, it's Joe at whateverthing.com. You take whateverthing.com and plug it into the browser and it's just a dead link. You know, they haven't even bothered to go and put a placeholder, a redirect or anything there. And so I realize that has nothing to do with reviews, but to me, that's a sign of pretty much being an amateur. Yeah, look, I mean, this just goes back to everything that I said. It's like, you know, you know, doing your research shouldn't be, shouldn't sound scary. I mean, literally like plug it into Google, man, you know, like you're going to, it's going to pop up. Like if this, and and either way, like maybe it's something that is highly beneficial and a lot of people use it and you've just never heard of it before. And, and, and you'll be like, wow, this is great. Like, you know, like I didn't, I didn't even know of this and it looks like it's a, it's a positive thing. It's maybe it's worth my investment. And then conversely, you know, you'll see, you, you, you know, someone will, will tear down and rip apart, you know, the scan that's out there or whatever. So it really doesn't take much effort to pop it in. If, if it's successful for people or uh, a scam for people, people are very uh, open to talking about it one way or the other. So um, I highly, yeah, yeah, I can't say, I can't say that enough or email us. We, we, you know, potentially we'll know, or we'll look into it for you. Final number seven, the need to insist they're not a scam. So a company that is insisting they're not a scam or their business model is typical for corporate level music. Any reputable company can just prove it without saying. So there you go. Yeah, I mean, again, all of these things add up. It's like, how many different ways can you say the same thing? These are good little indicators for people to look at. But if I'm gonna promise you that I'm not in the business of scamming yet everything I say sounds like a scam, you know, what is it? Looks like a cat, meows like a cat. <laughs> Does I mean you're the cat guy. It is Catterday for crying out loud. You know, it's a cat. So if it's a scam, it looks like a scam, smells like a scam, it probably is a scam. So stay the hell away from that. I mean, I think to me the biggest takeaway on some of this stuff is, you know, you you, you can't really skip steps. 
You know, there is growth that can happen in an exponential fashion, and that's the exception, not the rule. For most of us, myself and yourself included, the rule is you put one foot in front of the other. Sometimes you walk, sometimes you jog, sometimes you run. There's times you sprint, but you can't just start jumping all over the place expecting for things to happen that aren't going to happen naturally. While the bad practice out there in the music scene may be overwhelming, in reality, it's only a small fraction and most people are genuine and out there to help you as long as you communicate well and stay honest so they can help you. Be wary and look out for any common red flags and you should be safe. And of course, if you are skeptical about anybody, then do a bit of research on them to be on the safe side. And like I said, or email us, askblasco at gmail.com, and we will be more than willing to help you out. Absolutely. You know? I mean, you and I, that's what we're here for. Obviously, uh, we can't you know, take on every single question in the world, but we adamantly want, you know, part of the reason that I started managing bands was I saw so many of them getting taken advantage of, and that's why I managed developmental acts. Because it was, I was finding bands too late, and they'd already, you know, frankly, put themselves into situations that weren't going to work for them. And you know, when you sign a five album deal, that's pretty much the length of your career. And if it's not a good deal, you're fighting an uphill battle every stretch of the way. I realized that Ari's case, you know, look, he got it rectified. wasn't a huge deal for him, but. There are scams out there that are much, much worse and sometimes don't even look like scams. So please don't hesitate to email us. We want to know about the scams that you guys have experienced. Frankly, we want to be, you know, we want to be a resource for everybody to ensure that nobody ends up in, in a shitty situation. Totally. Well... That concludes episode 47. We went a little long today, but this is, uh, I feel like this is an important issue, especially for our listeners. So, um, yeah, I hope everybody enjoyed it. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. We will be back here next week. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Blasco1313. As I mentioned previously, we encourage you to email us any questions or comments you may have for the podcast to me directly at askblasco at gmail.com if you have listened this far much respect to you for making efforts to educate yourselves and taking your future into your own hands mike your final parting thoughts follow me on twitter and instagram at mike loop i'm looking towards the finish line of the end of a fantastic year and how 2018 is going to be so great i'm so excited for all that that holds you know, across all of the things that I'm fortunate enough to be involved with. One of them, as I know I mentioned a little bit earlier, is the coaching platform. Do yourself a favor and head over to outerloopcoaching.com. Just get signed up. If you haven't gotten the management primer, you'll get that for free. Uh, and then you'll be in our system. We're going to unleash a number of fantastic products in 2018. And I'm super pumped. I can't talk about the specifics yet. And lastly, my friend, we mentioned it at the beginning of the episode. Rockabilia is our sponsor. They've done such a good job of supporting us thus far. Please head over and go to the site, rockabilia.com. 
pick something up, use our code PC Managemental. So it's all one word. PC like Hulk <laughs> Managemental. Get it in there and let us know what you're buying. Honestly, it'd be great for us to tag Blasco and me in anything that you've purchased and you get from there. You know, we want to be able to engage with you guys in a great capacity. So, much appreciated to you, my man. Uh, hopefully, you're not on fire um, nope. out there um, in LA. We didn't talk about that, uh, but and, and hopefully, I don't get snowed in. Um, <laughs> but that's what I got. Cool. Thanks, everybody. All right. Peace. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. This is the story of Whitney Houston. This is the story of Kurt Cobain. Of George Michael, of Otis Redding, of Amy Winehouse, of Michael Hutchins, Bob Marley. This is the story of Prince. It's a new podcast series. About how they died, why they died, and why we're still talking about them so long after. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's storytelling. But it's more than that, because rock stars... They tell us how we feel. They change our mood. They change the clothes we wear, the people we hang out with. The way we remember things. It's them who give us those ludicrous moments, the ones where you're... Jumping around, singing your heart out, feeling understood. And it's those moments we'll help you remember, the ones you're thinking about right now. That feeling. That feeling. It's coming soon from Crowd Network. Just search for Death of a Rockstar on your podcast app. And subscribe now.